Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 65. So Brooke, the subject of privilege is one we have danced around for a long time. We do mention it a bit insofar as we recognize our own privilege and it's something that's very, very hard to define and for most people who experience privilege, it's invisible. So it's a difficult concept for people to understand and something that interestingly I came to realize very recently thanks to a discussion that was had in our Let It Be Facebook group was the fact that many people associate privilege with money as in rich Mm -hmm. equals privileged and that's as far as the story goes and yeah I found that so interesting because yes financial freedom brings with it a huge level of privilege but privilege goes so far beyond that don't you think? Absolutely and I think growing up if you said she had a privileged upbringing my assumption would and I think the conversation was that that meant wealthy yes a wealthy you know a wealthy family but I think over the past For me over the past few years, I'm sure that, you know, in the world at large, it's been longer than that. But for me over the past few years, the conversation around privilege has shifted dramatically to no longer just represent that. I think that's one kind of privilege, but I've become very aware of the fact that it's a much wider conversation now. And for me, I equate it with opportunity, to be honest. That's how I kind of equate privilege and the fact that some people have access to more opportunities than others based on things like, you know, gender or age or background or like finances, yes, but loads of other other kind of elements of life, I guess, that will affect their ability to either seize upon an opportunity or to even be available to, to, to see that opportunity. And, yeah, for me, I've come to, to realise that that's what privilege kind of represents, opportunity for people. And do you think that that's yeah. why it, people bristle when you say to them, check your privilege? Yep. People get really angry. Why do you think there is so much pushback against that? Mm. Where do you think that comes from? I used to get really defensive when I first learned about yeah. it. Because I'm the same, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, how, that's, it's not my fault where I was born. Like, I can't help where I was born. I can't help what my situation is. And that's true, you know, but I, I, th- I realized... I think that that defensiveness comes from what, for me, it came from feeling as though people were saying you're privileged, like you were handed everything, you know, this yeah. was all given to you. That's not what it is. That's not what it's about. And I think once I realized that and kind of took my own ego out of it and actually looked at the the reason that we were having that conversation in the first place is that, yes, I was, I had access to more opportunities than, than other people and similarly, other people had access to opportunities that I never had access to in some regards. So I think when I realized that it, it wasn't someone saying you should feel guilty yes. about <laughs> the opportunities that you had, because I did. Initially, I did. And then obviously my response when I was made, felt like I was being made to feel guilty was to get defensive. And, uh, and to and take that, that line of why should I feel guilty about something I, right. that I didn't have anything to do with? Like I, I didn't have anything to do with where I was born or who my parents were or where I went to school. So, you know, stop making me feel guilty about it. But as you say, that's exactly. the ego, isn't it? That's it. That's not actually the conversation at all. The conversation I think is that I think it's important that 
we acknowledge the fact that people have different starting points in life yes. and different kind of levels of starting point. And that can make certain things easier or harder for certain people. I actually prepared for this episode. So I would be really pleased. <laughs> I'm like two so pages proud of, of you. Wow. Who even I are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm just like slowly adopting your ways. Uh, but I found this comic that I had seen ages ago that really mm. stuck with me by a guy called Toby Morris. Yeah. I will link to it in the show notes, but it essentially just laid out two parallel lives, you know, of two people, uh, like a male and a female who were born at the same time. Uh, but the the way, the many different and small ways that one person's life was of privilege and one person's life was not. And at the beginning, they didn't seem like massive um, disparity there. Like they didn't seem too different. Because, you know, they both had loving parents, but, that's right. you know, one set of parents. But the girl's father was sick and yeah. um, they were they were on a lower income, so they both worked two jobs because they wanted her to go to school. And then as a result, she had to um, – the, the, the boy was – his parents paid for college. She had to work through college. Yeah. She still had debt. Once she finished college, he didn't. And it was just all of these, these, these kind of snowballing opportunities – that left him at the end of the the comic in a much, I guess more more well, more privileged kind of position than she was, and it was it was really helpful I think because the comic wasn't saying that the the guy was in the wrong or uh, the girl was in the wrong and there was anyone who should be feeling bad about it, but it was saying let's just be honest about it, you know, and and be open to the fact that there is different starting points in life, and I think that for me was really helpful I yeah. think, in, in reframing it and I think yeah I think kind of the closing frame of that that comic is like you know mm. someone's asking the guy like what's the secret to your success and he's like oh you know I just work really hard and you know well he's and she is actually serving him and she he's just kind of you know, that's right dropping a you know half-eaten prawn head on her platter or something yeah and the thing the are and i guess the the parallel the irony that people are supposed to take away is the fact that you know she's working really hard too but she's not you know gotten to the same level that he has because he's had all these little boosters along the way that's turned his hard work into what we now acknowledge as success whereas you know her hard work along the way has been kind of handicapped by the, the the little things that she's had to do that he hasn't that means that you know he's at you know at a black tie event telling people how successful he is and she's at this black tie event serving him so you that's know, right and, and it, he's kind of he's he's a he's announcing that hard work and not taking handouts was yes. you know the key to his success <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's sort of got this grumble kind of cloud over her head she's like oh yeah, uh, yeah and I think that maybe the aim of it was to just kind of strip that away and be more cognizant of, yeah. of what we're saying when we say things like that and, and that's it because I've said that for a really really long time like that was my because that's what we're brought up in the western world as a general rule it's kind of like this protestant work ethic thing that you know we're generally brought up to go work really hard you achieve success in life people who haven't achieved success in life they just haven't worked as hard as you and that's right and that was something I grew up with and so therefore you know I always used to because I guess I want to talk now about a very uncomfortable truth that I came to realize and that is the role that luck plays in Mm -hmm. success and it's something Mm -hmm. 
we don't really like to acknowledge because we like to think that, you know, we set ourselves a goal, we work really hard to achieve that goal, we achieve that goal. Yes, it's all on us. You know, it's all on our hard work. Good job, us. Yeah. And, and it's very uncomfortable thing when you realize it, when, you know, the, you know, this film kind of lifts off your eyes one day because you read a comic like that. And I think that comic was a, it wasn't a turning point for me, but it was a really clarifying point for me that this kind of dodgy feeling or this little unnerving feeling that I had that kind of cleared it up for me. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what that feeling is. It's the fact that I'm now, it's becoming very clear to me that a lot of any success that I've achieved in life hasn't been just all off the, you know, my own back. Cause there's so many people in the world who work just as hard as me and may not, you know, and haven't, you say achieved things that I've achieved Mm. and it is there's and and then I look back over my life and look at you know so just from even just being born to two loving parents like there's a very significant booster right there you know living in a stable country like we actually I was born in the West Indies in Trinidad and Tobago which is not a terribly stable country to be honest and my parents moved us to Australia when I was nine and just my parents moving us to Australia is is a huge thing for them to have done and a huge thing for all of you know my brothers and sisters and I to that's a huge level of privilege to be living in this Mm. country over living in you know where I was born so yeah and that's really interesting because for you as a nine-year-old you had no say in that, you know, that was luck for you yeah. and your, like your life trajectory. Your parents had a say in it and that was choice and that was, you know, seizing opportunity. But for you and, and what your life looked like going forward, that was luck. So I think that's, that, right. that's where we bristle, you know, that's yeah. where we, we bristle. And we're like, but my parents worked really hard. Absolutely. But that wasn't on, like on me, if my, if I say my parents worked really hard, so, you know, we deserve this. <laughs> my parents worked hard. That's not, mind to own you know and it's that in and of itself is is luck and privilege so I think that yeah and then the temptation Mm. becomes that we try to point out the other you know so okay well yeah I was lucky to be born to you know loving parents but we didn't have a lot of money growing up and it's and which is the truth we didn't have a lot of money growing up but you know there's other things that you know my parents worked really hard to send me to a private school so I felt felt it was important for me to go to a private school and then they couldn't afford to send me to that private school anymore and then that private school went we will pay her tuition because we want to keep her here like so there's so many you know and I'm not saying that if I hadn't gone to that school like other things wouldn't have happened but you know there's so many little touch points but you just don't we just don't realize and we just don't credit because you know who you're friends with at that school then you know might affect where you go to university and then when you go to yeah. university you're like the people that you hang out with university or the people that you meet at university affect your you know future career paths and you know or even like a thing like you know I went to university and I studied human movement and I started working in that field and then I realized oh I don't really I don't want to work in this field I love sport I love sports you know, I love physiology. I love all those things, but I don't want to work in this area. And, you know, so I went to my parents and, you know, said, I'm, I need to, I want to go back and study graphic design. And I was able to do so, you know, because Mm. so first of all, the government paid for a large chunk of my university degree. And then, you know, so I left school with, you know, I left university with a debt, but not like a 
$50,000 debt. So by the time I finished yeah. all my studying and by the time I started, you know, working as a graphic designer, like I had a university debt, but it was like 20 grand, you know, yeah. whereas if I went to school in the US or if I went to college in the US, I might finish up school with a debt of 150 grand, you know, and there's, you know, so this small debt that I had because I lived in Australia meant I could buy a house with my partner when I was, you know, 25 and there's just, you know, and then, you know, we, we bought this house and it was a deceased estate and nobody else wanted it. <laughs> and that was the only reason we got it because we were making a cash offer. So we got this house that we were then able to subdivide. And then, you know, there, there were so many little paths along the way that have led to us at the age of 40 being quite well financially set up. And it's so easy for us to look back and go, oh, you know, well, we just got good advice and we worked really hard. Yeah. To, and that's just not accurate. If we put that all on ourselves and think that that's just us being really smart people to have set ourselves up while there's I've like there's just a ton of luck that sits behind where Absolutely. we are today and I think that you have to get comfortable acknowledging these lucky bits these bits of luck that happen in your life like and I think that and that's I think it's real- more honest it's more human to to do that too you know and I think the more we do it the more open we are to to continuing that conversation and I think that then leads us to to perhaps question the inequity and, you know, the unfairness of certain things and wonder whether we can do something about it. Like I think that if we continue to just, you know, say that it's all down to good decision-making or mm. hard work, I think that we we keep ourselves from understanding and, and empathising and, and connecting with people as well. And we don't take bad luck very well either. We've spoken about, I think we've spoken about entitlement earlier and I, the reason I'm passionate about entitlement is because I used to be a very entitled person. You know, I would be that person on the plane, you know, sitting, you know, sitting next to someone who's snoring and I would be irate because <laughs> I've paid for this seat and you, know, and you are ruining my experience on this plane and, you know, and I felt entitled to, you know, this person to not be snoring you know, even though they might be yep. really tired and, you know, who knows what's going on in their life. And I've, yeah, I look back at my life and cringe at some of my behavior in feeling like because I had paid for something or because I had earned something, something was owed to me. Mm. And I think that in acknowledging the role that luck and fortune plays in our life, first of all, a really puts a lid on that entitlement we we just don't we stop thinking the world owes us anything and we more we become more grateful for the good things that happen in our lives but we also don't get so angry when bad things happen because certainly when bad things used to happen I would be very upset and go I work hard I'm a good person I do nice things for people what you know I don't deserve this. Mm. And I think once you get into that mindset of thinking I deserve and I don't deserve, that's when, you know, that's when things get a little bit dicey. You know, one, and, and, and it's not, not good for your happiness. If you think you deserve things and you're not getting those things you feel you deserve, you're always going to be dreadfully unhappy. Whereas, yes. you know, if you're aware of your privilege and if you're aware of the luck that plays in, you know, 
the role luck plays into your success, you're far more grateful for that success. And then when bad things happen, you're far more accepting of, you know what? Bad things happen to nice people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just I'm just going to deal with this and move on. Whereas, you know, when you have that entitled mindset, you rail against it and you can't believe this has happened to you and you kind of fall into that so victim unfair. mentality. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, I just feel that what that's kind of one of the secrets to happiness is under understanding that you are owed nothing. Nothing. Exactly. Man, it's such a it's a relief though yes. to, to recognize that. Because otherwise you just carry this kind of burden of you know, I deserve or poor me. Like so it's either you know, or point well, scoring because you start or victimhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you tally up, exactly. you know, you look at what other people have, you tally up what they've got, you tally up against what you've got, you know, and and you get irate when people, you know, because the reality is people who work less hard than you are going to achieve things that you desire <laughs> and and it's going to be very easy for that to be very upsetting to you and ruin your life. But if you understand how the world works and if you understand that, yes, unfortunately – that's that's privilege you know that person there's opportunities yeah yeah, that person was in a better position than you to take advantage of that opportunity that person's dad knew someone else's dad you know this is how you know whenever you read stories of people's success and you dig deep into them there are always these little moments of you know of serendipity or synchronicity Mm. or luck or whatever and you know right place right time that they were able you know to take advantage of if they hadn't been in and that I do place think, yeah, yeah exactly like you just said taking advantage of it like it's it's not that things are handed to people on a platter necessarily but it's a combination of luck and preparation so yes. you know they were able to take advantage of it because yes absolutely they were prepared they'd studied they were qualified they'd been preparing themselves for this opportunity for years whatever it may be but the reality is the opportunity still presented itself to them that's right and you can't take the opportunity if it's not presented to you that's right that's it and yeah and and it kind of you know a lot of people again bristle and they'll go oh luck i create my own luck or hard work yeah and don't you love it when you you know hard work creates luck and do you know what hard work does create luck because what it does mm. is it makes it more likely that you will be in a position to take an opportunity when it is offered to you. That's 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 what hard work does. But it doesn't automatically create opportunities, unfortunately. And then that with that kind of outlook, and I I get it, and I think it's empowering for people to say that, you know, I create my own luck. But the flip side of that is something that I just can't swallow, which is what about bad luck? What about people whose kids get sick? What about someone who has a car accident? What about someone who, you know, loses their job through no fault? Like that is the flip side of that is just something that I can't I can't stomach. So it yeah, for me it's about recognizing that flip side and saying, you know, yeah, by saying that you create your own, like, I get what you're saying, but you you need to understand that there is something at play in addition to your hard work. Yeah. And, and that's I think, it. Yeah. And I also think like the flip side of deserving is, is similarly unpalatable, which is, you yes. know, I, I try so, so hard to never say to someone, oh, you so deserve this because I do and I and I know that just by saying someone deserves something doesn't automatically mean someone else doesn't deserve it but I do kind of feel like in certain situations telling someone they deserve something is a bit of a slap in the face to someone else who's worked just as hard 
and done all exactly the same right things but weren't quite in the right place at the right time and haven't achieved that thing, I do feel it's a bit of a slap in the face for them. I don't Mm. know. This might be just my own weird thing of – but I try to say – I think there's a difference between – or maybe there isn't between someone earning something and des- and deserving something, like yeah, you know. No, I can understand that. I, I think the idea of deserving is kind of problematic, particularly in some instances. Yeah, I, I the other thing that I, I read about privilege that I really liked was this experiment that a teacher ran in his classroom, a high school teacher talking about privilege and his students didn't really understand it. So he put a uh, recycling bin at the front of a classroom and asked his students, he gave them each a piece of paper, asked them to scrunch up the piece of paper into a ball and toss it in the recycling bin from their seat. And he said whoever gets their paper in the bin gets some kind of prize, I don't know, an early mark maybe. And the kids in the back immediately said, but that's unfair. Like we're, we're 30 feet away from the bin and the kids in the front row are only 10 feet away. He's like, well, that's, that's privilege. And the reality was that the kids in the front row, most of them got their ball in in the bin. Kids in the middle row, about half of them did, and the kids in the back row, only one or two. Yeah. And for me, that was a really simple, really powerful illustration of all of these things at play. And in life, there are things, there are heaps of different things that will move us closer or further away from that recycling bin. Yeah. You know, things like gender and where we were born and to whom we were born and their financial standing and our sexuality and our religion and all these things will either move us closer to the bin or further away depending on where we live and what the bin represents. And I think that it was really interesting to, to view it that way because it really does break it down into an argument that we can all understand. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something they just happened to be sitting in the front row that day. So it was easier for them to get the ball in the in the bin, the kids in the back row what just happened to be sitting in the back row that day doesn't mean they were more or less deserving of getting the ball in the bin and I, I found that I don't know I really I really appreciated the simplicity of it I'm sure it would break down at some point if you analyzed it too closely but I think that that's the kind of analogy that we need to talk more about particularly with with young people but anyone who's, who's kind of like what does it mean to be privileged because I don't feel privileged it can simply be sitting in the front row one day yeah you know, it can be simply where you find yourself planted one day and there's also a little bit of an anomaly with the the talk about privilege like especially when we're talking about socioeconomic privilege where you've always got you know the kid from the wrong side of the tracks who's you know made good and suddenly everybody's holding him up as the you know here's yeah. you know here's the proof you just work as hard as you can and you doesn't matter where you start from you can get yourself to wherever you know where you know the next you know the most privileged person in the world can you know that rich kid can get and we'll link to this in the show notes so a guy called Christian Cooper wrote uh, an article and it's quite a long article called why poverty is a disease yeah and he so he came from poverty and he's now earning 800 grand a year and he said you know, people do try to hold him up as an example of how if you just work hard enough, you can you know, achieve anything, break the cycle, pull yourself out of poverty. But, you know, his uncomfortable truth is that uncomfortable truth I spoke about before where he got lucky. Like, you know, mm. and he actually says in his article, he says, my escape was made up of a series of incredibly unlikely events, none of which I had real control over. And essentially he kind of came into contact with two people who took enough of an interest in him 
to give him certain opportunities because of his hard work. You know, he worked hard. They saw something in him, but, you know, he just at the right time came across these people and those people gave him opportunities that, you know, eventually changed his life. But, you know, he said, I've got relatives and friends who are as bright and as hardworking as I am with roughly the same educational path, but none of them made it out of poverty. And I guess like one kind of, Another thing I wanted to talk about is the soft landing that having a stable family environment provides when things go wrong, you yeah. know, and and what a privilege just that stable family environment is because you know I look at I look back when I first started a business, you know, like so Aunt and I had a mortgage, I started a business and what if everything went super pear shaped and we lost everything? Like, you know, it was unlikely to happen, but what if that happened? Well, what would happen is we would move back in with one of our, you know, one set of parents, you know? So that's a soft landing. It might feel bad at the time, but moving Yeah, but it's in, not going to be deadly. <laughs> no, you know, we're not, yeah. we're not out on the street. We're not, you know, unable to feed ourselves like that, that, you know, so what happens then is we can take bigger risks and bigger risks lead to bigger payoffs. But, Mm. you know, so knowing that there's a soft landing there allows for the, you know, allows you to be a bit more audacious and to take those bigger risks. And so that there is a huge privilege in itself. And again, it's something I don't really hear people talking about Mm. much and it's something I wanted to acknowledge. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting conversation. I think part of the reason that I haven't had this conversation like kind of publicly before is that I'm I've always been afraid of saying something yes. wrong or saying something that will offend someone because I'm like fairly I don't know, kind of naive about things or I'm I'm still coming from my point of view, which I can't help, but the reality is that I I won't always see things from other people's perspectives without being led there. So I've always been really nervous to say yeah. something or sound like a jerk or, or sound, I don't know, I don't like just off, sound like I, I'm just not getting it. But the reality is I think we need to have these conversations and I'm, like, I will undoubtedly make a misstep. I will screw up. I, I will say something that offends someone and I don't mean to. And I think it's important to just say how hey, I'm putting it out there that I don't get all of it, but I, like I want to. And I think that for me, one of the, the biggest things that I take away from this conversation on privilege is that yes I have been delivered more opportunities than some or not delivered opportunities delivered an opportunity to seize an opportunity I suppose yeah you know but there are people who have been delivered more than than me and there's people who have been delivered less I just want them to count for something and if that means having a conversation that makes me uncomfortable that's okay like I'm okay with that and I think that we need to get a little more open and human about it mm. and, and kind of be okay with questioning or, or potentially saying the wrong thing sometimes in order to continue the conversation. Because if we all pretend like it's not a thing or if we all walk around feeling defensive about it, it's probably not going to, to shift and I think it can shift and that's one of the the opportunities that, that I want to make count for something, like I want it to count for something. That's it and I just think, I think the key point in here is is if in the future someone challenges you to check your privilege, resist the urge to get defensive about it because you know it's it's a natural urge and it's something we've all done. But if someone does, course, you know, yeah, and and quite often it does probably come in a bit of an aggressive manner, like you know, 
yeah. especially if you're on Twitter. <laughs> but if you are able to just stop in the moment and take on and just go, okay, yes, because um, the problem with privilege, most of it is it's it's unseen. It's 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 invisible. Like there's so much privilege I have that I'm you know blissfully unaware of and that in itself is privilege being unaware of the things (laughs) that you are privileged in you know silly you know things like being able to walk my kids to school and kiss them goodbye and walk away and not give it a second thought and you know and know that at the end of the day when I go to school they'll be there and I'll pick them up I don't have to give any thought over the course of the day to their safety or whether they're in good hands. It's not anything that Mm. crosses my mind. Like that is a, you know, a level of privilege that I don't, I just don't spend any time thinking about. And there's just countless examples of that over the course of, you know, the average person's day. So that's why, you know, I guess what I'm saying is when someone challenges you to check your privilege for whatever reason, just, yeah, do it (laughs) basically. Yeah. (laughs) Do it, and every time you do check it, you know, and you realize that someone doesn't have something that you have, it just increases your, you know, ability to be empathetic, it increases your level of compassion, and you know, again, this is the idealist in me, but God knows the word need the world needs more of those things right now. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.